So yeah. that I do the intro. Yeah. The amazing new Westport Library and iTunes proudly presents Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast with me, Trace Burroughs. And me, Migs Burroughs. And uh, our guest today is Jarrett Leota. Is it pronounced correctly? Jarrett? That's right. Thank Leota. you. Leota. Okay. Who is, uh, everyone would recognize him. He's usually lurking in the background there, taking pictures. He writes stories and photographs, uh, events and, and um, happenings in in Westport and surrounding areas. He's also just finished, uh, just put out a feature length movie that he's made that we can talk about. But um, why, don't, why don't you just start telling us what you do? I mean, so people get a better cha- idea of what you do. They probably, they can't see your face on the podcast, but if you explain where, you, where you're usually seen, what, you know, what areas of Westport you haunt with your cameras and Oh, see, now I'm feeling like we should go right to the Howard Stern talk. Okay, yeah, pl- okay, like go I ahead. That. I'm sorry. <laughs> go no, ahead. I was just saying before that this was the only radios I've done. I did a um, uh, public radio thing a couple uh, years ago, and then prior it had only been uh, on the Howard Stern show, where I was mercilessly spanked by Howard, not literally, but, uh, you know, emotionally. <laughs> And in fact, after we had done a, the first segment, we uh, they cut to commercial, and he leans back in his chair and he goes, "I bet you feel like you just got raped." Oh. Um, so that was that was that. So this has got to be a better experience working with you guys. So I'm really. Yeah. What were you on his show for? Uh, I actually went on to try to promote my last movie hmm. a bunch of years ago, uh, and I got on through uh, through the guise of playing Winfred's Money. Uh, which I didn't win, but I uh, I definitely had my uh, I, I got put through the mill there. But they were actually really nice in the scheme of things. It's it's interesting how when you're in that situation, you see sort of behind the scenes what the the energy's like and what the people are like, yeah. and um, and it's a show. It's a show. Hmm. I have experience. I'll, we'll talk about that. I don't want to take up your time. <laughs> um. So. Well, so back to the basics of where some people that they, they probably would know you if they saw you instantly. But um, what is your what would you say your job description is if you were uh, yes, if you're talking yes. to uh, someone from Mars over the phone and you describe <laughs> what you did? Yeah. Well, my first sort of response is always I'm a, a freelance creative because I do a whole range of things that are, you know, either writing, photography or video. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, I, I like to just think I'm a gadabout around town who alienates people, uh, <laughs> largely through journalism. Um, you know, I write for, for Westport News, for Westport Now, for a lot of the different papers and um, do photography for a lot of different papers and, and places. Um, so I kind of have contacts with everybody all over the place and plus i grew up in town so i've you know born and raised here i know everybody that way um was a parent you know had my years as a pta volunteer and on and on and mm. on and, uh, but so gad about sort of covers it <laughs> it doesn't hurt and i say you work for some of the papers doesn't hearst own every paper in connecticut now i mean is there, are there any independent papers left well, that's a that's a good uh, question and point. I mean, throughout Fairfield County, they pretty much have the, the hold on everything at this point because they have the Stanford Advocate, Connecticut Post, The Hour, uh, Danbury News Times, and pretty much all the weeklies 
uh, although you see there's some independent uh, things like Westport now. Um, there's a, a woman in Norwalk runs Nancy in Norwalk. There's a, a Wilton equivalent of that. So there's some some balance, mm. hopefully. But yeah, they they pretty much have. But is that good for you in the terms of like syndicating an article or something? If you do take a photograph, does it is it all up for grabs? Like can can Greenwich run it and Stanford yeah, they, run it? they do a lot of that stuff. So I'll do a, a Westport uh, photo essay on gosh, I don't even. Well, I did a, a piece a couple days ago for Westport News on uh, Elvira's reopening mm. down by Old oh, yeah. Beach, and I saw it's up in the hour, the Norwalk Hour. And depending, it's also interesting because I see a lot of my stuff show up in like Texas. Sometimes really? I get these notifications that Houston Chronicle or something is running, but, you know, photo essay I did. Do, do any more pennies go in your pocket when that happens or? Of course not. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, of course yeah. not, you know. You want to talk about your movie? Your, um, the last one, because you've done a bunch of these movies, right? A few. Of them. I would. I would love to. I, yeah. I told Mick I love to talk about myself, so I hope I have <laughs> that was enough. Because I mean, I really could, you know, dig in. But um, this is the whole movie was the third feature length that I did. Um, I had done one years and years ago, which was horrible in Westport. It was called "How Clean Is My Laundry," uh, <laughs> which was about a guy who did laundry. And um, then when I was out in LA for a bunch of years, uh, I did a movie called The Acting Bug and Other Stories, which was actually pretty well written, but I made it uh, on a budget of about $50 versus the couple thousand I made for the last one. So it's kind of like really awful. A friend of mine says it looks like a porno movie, (laughs) Um, which, you know. And then this last one, I set out to try to really, you know, with the new technology and to try to do something low budget because I didn't raise anything or I, I mean raised a little bit you know comparatively mm. uh, you know thanks to some lovely people in the area and in town um, but in terms of you know the million I was trying to get to make it it, it was about you know 0.01% of that so it is what it is but I uh, I'm pretty proud of it you know I spent a lot of time on it and um, it's uh, I think the t- title itself home movie sort of sort of excuses all the the foibles of it because in essence you can make an argument that it's like a crappy home movie because I shot everything I lit everything I was you know directing while I'm trying to shoot I mean it was just kind of all like that and it's shot entirely in my hometown Uh, and the whole story has to do with a, a woman a young woman coming home to see her mom after her dad dies and she comes to believe or suspect that her mom may have actually killed him so yeah, it's a pretty dark i saw it no i mean the, the title belies the you know home movie sounds like oh a cute little th- a movie about i don't know people going whatever they're doing having a birthday party or something it's it's pretty grisly and dark in places but uh yeah so i do you, do you consider your is there humor i haven't know that i've seen your other movies but is it kind of infused with that kind of humor or is that just something you tried yeah, that's that's a style I can't get away from. You know, it's like when I write anything, and I, I write fiction too, and, and just anything I'm doing, I'll even set out to try to do something serious, and it just, it just you know, because I just, I just don't see the world seriously. I mean, it's just such a, you know, we, we either sort of see how tragic everything is, or we can step back and laugh, and sometimes it's kind of a combination of both. And um, yeah, I just kind of have that that well, tendency uh, to one-liners well trace made a feature length i mean maybe i don't know do you have a 
a, a question as a fellow filmmaker because I've yeah, never had that. Um, so this movie or the other movies you've done, did you have to pay actors and also did you have to pay for using locations? No, uh, it, not none in either case. Oh, we're talking we're talking bottom of the barrel, you know, paying yeah. for food and, and a little bit for transportation. Um, this last project was a Screen Actors Guild contract, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it was called a new media contract. So it was like low, low, low budget payment deferred to actors. Um, unfortunately, because I, I literally shot this, you know, uh, this 90 minute feature film for three thousand dollars, thirty five hundred. And um, and it was a lot of that, like that was sort of the amount that basically came out of pocket. And then uh, a couple thousand I raised prior helped me buy some lighting equipment and a camera to, to just even do it. So uh, it was really bottom of the barrel. You never had problems. I always felt I had to pay act. I paid 150 was my fee for a day's work and 150 to use a location. Cause I felt if I didn't pay them, they might not show up, you know? Oh yeah, they didn't. I mean, they were terrible. No, I mean, everybody was great, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, it's such a different world. I mean, I had some real, you know, challenges with that, you know, people showing up and having to leave early or kind of, you know, just very, you know, it, it was loosey goosey at times. And um, I, I never could and never did complain. It's like, you know, thanks for being here. Now, were they all, they appeared to be amateurs in terms of not, you know, being polished, but, but did they have to memorize all their lines or were there cue cards? They seemed like they had memorized everything. Yeah, they were asked to memorize. I, not yeah, everybody that, bought into that, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's not oh, easy to do either. Was there any improvis? Did you allow them to improvise? No. No, you know, I'm a tyrant on the set. I feel, yeah. you know, you have to have to do my words. But they improvised anyway, and I wasn't paying attention because I was behind <laughs> the camera running around trying to do the lighting or get the food ready for, for people. So, um, hmm. no, it's, it's, all, it's all scripted the way it is. And, and depending on the actors, I mean, some work differently. You know, some, some are off book, so to speak, when they get to the set. Others, it's kind of more of a process when they're on the set. But, you know, really, truly, everybody did you know, everyone was great. You know, they show up for free and they hopefully be, you know, be excited about being part of the project and stuff. Uh, yeah, I began with, um, I, I did the casting uh, call through uh, uh, backstage and um, went into New York. And, and one of the actors uh, was kind enough to, to let us use his space to do some auditioning there. And then there was other kind of random uh, things where I knew some people or knew people who knew people locally or more locally. Um, but it's really, really challenging without a casting director, without a, uh, money in place, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's, you know, people are enthusiastic when they sign on to a project. And this is, you know, one of many projects I've done like this for no money and they're all enthusiastic. But then when it comes time to like, okay, but now we've got to rehearse, we've got to show up. You sort of find a lot of people kind of drift away or they, you know, Mm, sorry or they get gigs they have to work you know they have to make a living doing other things which is understandable mm -hmm. so what's the end the end game for that and you know is is to get it into i mean obviously you know fulfilling your own creative energy or passion for what you know fulfilling a story but you know it is the next step film festivals and then the hope of monetizing it somehow i mean you know could you can can you do a pay per view type of thing on YouTube where people have to pay? You know, Louis C.K. puts out 
I mean, that's, it's hard to compete with this because here's Louis C.K. putting out, a, you know, 90-minute stand-up specials and he only charges $5. Uh, so, you know, here's a feature-length movie. With, anyway. Um, yeah. Well, no, I, um, I had submitted to a bunch of festivals and the rejections are still coming in. I was <laughs> four or five more rejections. Uh, um, and, so. and I can attribute it to a couple of things, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I mean, in terms of monetizing, I, I just don't think there's a reality with that for this project. Mm. I think it's, it's got to serve for me as a, ultimately as a sample, you know, I mean, one, honestly, like, like, you know, you, you talk about it, it, the creative process is so compelling for me as an artist. I consider myself mm. an artist, you know, and, and I work in different mediums. And um, so it's really about that. I mean, how else otherwise do you spend literally five years mm. working on this thing with, with like next to no hope that anybody's going to see it. So it's like, I'm, I'm just thrilled when anybody sees it. Like, you know, I've gotten about 1500 hits on the YouTube. Oh, really? It's, like, oh, it's nice. thrilling. I'm just so glad. But at the same time, I, I'm very excited about the next script I'm working on. I have another project um, hmm. that I'm about a third of the way through the writing with. And another thing I want to do locally. And I'm hoping, you know, that this you know, is enough of a sample that I inspire some people to, you know, get on board in, in whatever capacity to, to be part of the next one. You know, that's the dream. That's the hope. And then, and if nobody gets on board, I'll probably spend another five years and, and get that one done. And, and then hopefully I'll get 1,520 hits on YouTube mm -hmm. with that. And then I'll do the next one. Cause it's, it's, it's like a compulsion. I just can't not do it. You know, I wish I'd had the compulsion to be a hedge fund dealer. Or a pimp or something. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> something practical that helps society. But, but <laughs> yeah, especially now. So, but in this, uh, but in your, let's say your day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, you're really a double threat because usually don't most photographer, I mean, doesn't the, you know, there's somebody that goes out and writes a story, interviews the thing and the photographer tags along, takes some shots and yet, but you do it all, right? You write the story and take, or do you, do you pitch stories? I'm just curious how it works with like the, any Westport news or the, yeah. You know, yeah. it's the Connecticut post. Do you pitch stories or you just get assignments and are sent places? Yeah. Well, it's both actually. I mean, first of all, I mean, I'm highly, highly skilled, obviously, as, as well as dashingly handsome and, you know, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Well, you're triple threat then. I didn't mean double threat. Go. I didn't mean to insult <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> but no, you know, the reality of it is, I mean, you know, especially it's like the creative and even talking about journalism, you know, as a creative field, so to speak, as a writer or photographer, it, they're sort of always the first hit. So it's like when they're making, you know, like a Hearst as an example, and I don't even know the details of you know, over the years, I've worked for so many iterations of the big companies, um, freelancing for whoever, um, Connecticut Post or whatever. Um, th the first thing they cut is, uh, you know, the field staff. They cut writers, they cut editors, they cut photographers. And um, so it's like anywhere they can kind of double up or save money. And it's just the way they do things. So your approach <laughs> to vision, your approach to photography, uh News photography versus cinema, cinematography. What, you know, do you frame a picture the same way? I mean, in your head, are you, is kind of, do all the same kind of rule, if so, not rules, but, you know, instincts about photography hold true for still or cinema? Yeah, for me, they do. I don't know if that's right or wrong, because I'm not a technician by any stretch, you know, 
uh, I, I'm just about what I'm seeing and, and trying to frame as best I can. The only thing with the, the new stuff is the timing. You know, more often than not, you're just, you have a very short window to grab something. And I'm very, I try to be very religious, except for occasional, like lately with the, the epidemic, I'm doing a lot of sort of posed pictures of people on the street. But I, I try to be really religious about never posing anything. So there'll be times where I'll literally have like a five second window to get something or a 15 second window. And, and, and I go into it with that sort of artist's eye, you know, I just kind of, I'm very aware of like the frame. Um, I don't like to change my frame in post production. I like to sort of catch, you know, what I'm seeing right there. Um, so it's very similar. And, and that actually, it's a skill that really helps me with the, uh, the film, uh, you know, video making. It's, um, it's that idea. Well, uh, and then the other thing I wanted to get in and ask about, because you, 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 for anybody that feels sorry for themselves in this situation, Jarrett is, uh, it sometimes has been before this, uh, you know, up to two in the morning at a deadly, uh, you know, P and Z meeting or something. Uh, <laughs> I was just wondering how you sustain your, uh, equilibrium and mental uh, balance or whatever uh, and and what you know what are you looking for because I did see you at a meeting it wasn't that late but it, maybe it ran pretty late it was 11 or midnight or and you know and you were there the whole time and I, I don't know if you know what what are you waiting for do you or did you have to wait for a certain person usually is that you know or waiting for some great shot that's going to happen Wait, at the meeting I, or? I take hallucinogenic drugs <laughs> actually when I go to these meetings, which helps a lot because it makes it much more interesting. You know, I, I sort of yeah. sit there and the, the faces start changing and there's, you know, <laughs> trails and stuff. They were to me and I weren't even, I wasn't even on the drugs. <laughs> People, they start to morph after a while. <laughs> well, I got to say, it's like you definitely build up uh, a, a, an ability to pay attention long. I mean, you know, mm. I, I just have that. I mean, I can really, I'm a good listener. You know, I've just mm. become a good listener through practice. And the other thing is when you kind of put yourself in any situation, and I get bounced around a lot. Like, I mean, last week alone, I covered uh, meetings in Norwalk, Wilton, uh, Westport, did stories in Darien and Fairfield. And um, you just try to find what's interesting. It's kind of like you almost look at the bright side when you go into the situation. It's like I'm going into a, a building committee mm. meeting in Norwalk, and it's kind of like, oh, well, what, you know, what's, what's there? And then you kind of just try to immerse yourself in it and, and you know sometimes you do more than other times so you can't approach it saying oh here's another boring board of finance meeting i mean you try to you go into it with kind of an attitude of you're going to find something new there maybe i try yeah i try but you know like even tonight i got to cover westport board of ed and mm -hmm. you know I, i'm already getting my cramps you know? <laughs> oh god you know oh and um fortunately it's nice being on the zoom because i can kind of just you know sit here with my uh my pants off and just kind of, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not hurt scene and I just kind of can, can, yeah. just, uh, you know, engage with it like that. But, but it's, it's a mix, you know, it's a mix, it's work, you know, sometimes work is work and sometimes mm. work is what you love to do. You're just like, yeah, you know, and, and honestly and truthfully, I, I got to say, I'm really, really grateful for um, anything I do with, with writing or photography. Are all your movies fiction or you've ever done, done a documentary? Uh, I have done documentary. Actually, I did uh, a documentary with the Westport Library a few years back on, uh, on local veterans, um, which was, was pretty good and uh, is still up online on their site. 
Um, and I did a documentary project a bunch of years ago on an artist, which was a fiasco, uh, but it had some interesting elements to it. I got to, to do interviews with uh, some really neat celebrities. I interviewed Carol Burnett, went to her house. And oh, really? Hung with her. She was the best and uh, interviewed President Gerald Ford and Mrs. Ford and uh, a few people like that. So, so you lived in Los Angeles? For a while. I did for six years out in Santa Monica. Well, same here. Not San I lived in back in the seventies. You know, six years. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I lived in Brent. This is. I didn't live in the. I lived in Beverly Hills, but it's actually. You know, there's some not so not every place in Beverly Hills is like <laughs> you know, big mansions and everything. But I lived in Beverly Hills, and then I lived in Brentwood. Now, was that when you were doing the game show stuff? I was hearing about a little. Yes, I did get on a game show. I was in game shows when I was. 10, but then, yes, I went on one game show when I was um, living in California. One of my great regrets is that I wasn't on the gong show. Oh. A Paris fan. They revised the gong show. And I, don't, I don't know if they took it off the air. I forget who was hosting it. Um, Will Arnett or someone like that. I think he produced it, too. That was last year, so I don't know if they if it got canceled or yeah, I wonder how that would be to try to resurrect because that 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 was of its time and it was so fresh and you know no, it now it there's you know there's, I don't know sort of a cynicism to it I guess you know coming at it but hmm. it was wild the concept. Um, so I'm again back you know Trace and I were well Trace was born here I I, I moved here when I, my parents moved here when I was four I guess but uh, but we moved came here in 1950. I'm just wondering from your vantage point, well, first of all, were any, without mentioning names or, you know, if you, unless you want to, you know, any dark underbelly stories about, you know, Westport, Westport after dark type of things. Any, <laughs> yeah. the, the best stories you've never published or couldn't, that or they wouldn't publish or. Maybe you could, like, you don't have to, you could change, you know, yeah. like, hints without saying the names or something. Oh boy. Well, you know. Scandals the, that we don't know about. <laughs> Gosh, you know, I'm trying to think of something like tawdry. Like it sounds like you want really tawdry. I mean, the best I come up with is just I, I just some of my my encounters with different people around town after they've had a few drinks, you know, <laughs> and just kind of watching them, you know, that sort of different mm. different take on a person when they're they're a bit loaded and um yeah uh, I I can't think of anything too. Uh, because there were rumors when I was in high school, it never was in the news, so maybe either if it was true, it never got there, but you know that there was this housewife prostitution ring in the oh, 60s boy. and 70s, you know, because this was the era of, you know, wife swapping and, you know, right. and Westport was sort of thrown into the, you know, we were supposedly the model for Peyton Place and some other of these, you know, the wild thing and beyond. Yeah. Um, and of course, Rod Serling lived here, you know, and Road Westport was included. Mo you know, he modeled Westport and some of the like Willoughby, you know, and yeah. some of the yeah. things he did. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything uh, in those lines. I mean, uh, if my mom were still alive, I'm sure she'd. Uh, have have you co covered any mur like murder oh, yeah. sites? And yeah, crime. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. 
You guys are so tawdry. I'm surprised. <laughs> I thought there's like an artist, like this kind of creative guy. That you're just hey, like, you know, let's just talk about this. Than turn. <laughs> you know, homicides involving artists. And... Well, <laughs> exactly. well, I mean, I'm not going to give away his movie, oh. but talk about, you know, dark and dark grim. Right. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, any, what's your next, uh, so you, is there anything you can tell us about uh, the upcoming movie and subject matter or anything or location? Well, um, teaser trailer. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to say something, something specific or interesting no. about it. I guess I would just say again, dark comedy mm -hmm. um, with a little more of a political kind of bend to it like I'm actually kind of interested in sort of a, looking at a couple issues like um, uh, gun violence and, um, and, and prejudice and, and mm. sort of some ideas around that. So I want it to be a little more uh, substantive in those areas, a little bit, but it's really, for me, it always ends up being about the comedy. And uh, I have this whole kind of like an ensemble uh, cast of characters um, all taking place in a, you know, fictional town, I guess, like Westport or whatever. Um, I'm curious about both you, Trace and your directing style, because I never really talked to Trace about his, I've seen it. I think, what, what was it called? Was it the one in the cars? Was it Death Car or something? It was um, Eight Behind the Wheel, and the other one was um, Grindhouse, um, Bad, Cheap, and Sexy, which oh, is yeah. a mockumentary about the Grindhouse film era, previously to pornography in like 1971 and before. Yeah. So, um, oh, anyway, I was just curious about your directing style. So, in a in a sentence or two, how did you, Jared? What was your? Are you are you like a real hands on director? Like, you know, walk into the room, pause for two seconds, look out the window, pick up the cup, look at your, you know, or you just let them. You just say, do. What oh, you, it depends. It, yeah. It's really uh, it depends. And, and Trace, I'm really curious to talk to you in detail more, not now, obviously, but I didn't know about all that. I'd love to, to chat with you. We can tape it too, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just very like, um, it depends, I guess. I talk to myself a lot when I'm doing it. Um, that's one thing. Uh, but, but, uh, but I mean, if you're like, if I, you know, whatever actor was in the, well, like, like the daughters that in your movies. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know how to direct. I've never seen anything being being directed, so I don't know how that works. Do you tell well, them you know, where to look, yeah. how to sit, what to yeah. do with their hands? What you know? I'm sort of. I have a thing in my mind where I always sort of feel like you should say as little as possible to the actors. Like you mm. should never demonstrate to them. You shouldn't tell them how to say a line. I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I mm. I just kind of, you know, I I, I kind of bring that photography hat in. So it's kind of blocking is important to me, you know, where people are going to be sitting, where they're going to be moving. Um, and then what I, I actually like to rehearse a lot, which I didn't get the chance to do oh. at all. I love to rehearse a lot. And I end up shooting, sometimes I shoot scenes over and over again, and then I'll suddenly have different ideas as I'm doing it um, and want to make adjustments and changes. And I feel like the more you sort of run through things, it's just, it's just part of the process. I think the actors will have new things they'll discover, you know, I'll discover things, whether it's in terms of the characters or, or you know, uh, physical movements or, you know, things like that. Um, that's the best thing, you know, to me is to have time and to really 
I like spontaneity, of course, but uh, to just have time to be together and to explore I, them. I never rehearsed any of no. the actors. And I would have bullet points rather than a script because I thought it was too much to ask for them to memorize 120 page of the, <laughs> all the parts. So I'd have bullet points. And a lot of times I'd say, yes, like come out of the car, go to the house, knock on the door and say, you know, your pizza's ready or whatever it is. Mm. And sometimes they would have better ideas. Oh. So I've always opened it ideas from the anybody actors or camera whoever's doing anything like why don't you have them do that or do this and sometimes you can have better ideas in mind so that's basically how i would deal with that you know? yeah i guess every you know i've read things about directors they all they're all so different styles they say you know i hired the actor i hired that the the, the actor's gonna do the work for me i don't need to me I, I i read once and i believe that that a, mo a movie is 80 percent casting mm. so think of it as I've had, I've hired real people as actors um, and because they fit apart and they were great. I mean, I, I ran a furniture store. Oh yeah, my daughter does an acting. I'll try it out. Mm. And you say, this is what I want you to, sometimes I did have little, they had to memorize or sort of memorize something. But um, I figure if you get, there's interesting people in the world. So if you get the right person for the part, the, the lines are almost secondary because you've got that character. Oh, sure. You know, mm -hmm. filling that, you know. All right. Well, we're out of time. Now I'm the director, so <laughs> you, all, you all have to look sad because we're out of time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, thanks so much, Jared. We'll look out for Jared uh, with his camera or movie camera, and um, and look check out Home Movie. It's on iTunes, uh, uh, YouTube. I'm sorry, right? Thank you. Yeah. We're on iTunes. You're on YouTube. Yeah. Thank you're you. On, you too. Oh, you right. are. We have some on YouTube. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, some get uploaded to YouTube.